We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. What God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the fan man Hera. What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. Describe the ruckus, sir. And 1080. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. The fan. Hour number two here on Danny and Dusty as we're efforting to get Andrew Nemec on the horn to hit up on all the Ducks recruiting news. Uh, do, we, do we have Nemec there, Will? Yes, we do. Find him up right now. All right. Perfect. And now we go to Andrew Nemec, the director of recruiting for SB Live. Uh, Andrew, it's a uh, it's a busy day for you, buddy. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild one. Sure. <laughs> I, I I don't know who who's more under the weather right now, you or me. I dude, I'm I cannot yet sit up straight for more than ten minutes without being sick. <laughs> I'm flat. I've been flat for three days. Well, what what are you dealing with? You get you got the the Rona? Are we dealing with RSV? What, what what's what's crippling you now? I have a terrible flu. Oh no, no! Yeah. it's oh, brutal. Nemec. So I am, yeah, and my daughter's getting sick again, which I've already talked to Dusty about um, off air a bunch. We she started preschool, and ever since she started preschool, six seven weeks ago, someone in our house has been almost consistently for that entire stretch. Someone has been throw up sick brought the demons home stretch. hey kids and kids are sick turn. all over <laughs> all of my wife's a teacher it's been in our house we haven't been healthy since like september like as a home so uh stay strong in that one but Nemec, oh we got we've got uh, national signing day today today's a big day the early signing period um and i think that not just here locally but you look nationally what reporters are saying is that the Oregon Ducks may be the big winners of the day as their fortunes change from heading into uh, the day as when names and signatures started rolling in. Uh, the Ducks got some surprises. How big is it for Oregon uh, to be r- rallying up the recruiting rankings? I mean, it's it's huge. We were looking at a class, you know, when they lost Dante Moore, it was, you know, there's inside the top 20. That's solid. That's kind of old Oregon pre-Cristobal, pre-Taggart results. That's a good class. Now they're flirting with the best class in program history. It's, it's an unbelievable turn of events here in these last 48 hours. You could kind of see the writing on the wall. And, and if we want to be candid rather than, you know, rather than kind of sugarcoating everything, Dante Moore, you know, we knew how much Nico Imaliave cost. Tennessee that there was reports that that was an eight million dollar deal there were reports that Jaden Rashada was a 9.5 million dollar deal and Dante Moore was the last five-star quarterback standing when Oregon got him so you heard rumors and these have been reported you've heard rumors that Dante Moore may have had an eight million dollar deal tied to his commitment to Oregon you free up that money for non-quarterbacks and you're probably gonna clean house and and you can say you know, that's presumptuous, but you've got Stuart Mandel tweeting, uh, you know, famous college football writer that it seems like uh, whoever's willing to pay the most is winning today. You've got coach Matt Rule at Nebraska, uh, an Oregon symbol, the Miami symbol, money bags um, <laughs> within the last 24 hours. And everybody already knows Miami, like openly is willing to say, hey, we're willing to NIL the heck out of anybody. So Oregon, it seems 
at least, you know, the Nebraska head coach publicly is willing to say, uh, Stuart Mandel is willing to hint, and, and everything I've heard about the Dante Moore deal seems to imply Oregon had some money to work with. But here's the thing. Everybody has money to work with, and it's how you spend it, and it's how you, how you kind of flesh it out over the course of a year. Oregon, because Dante Moore decommitted late, it gave him an opportunity, and, and to Dan Lanning and his staff's credit, they kept fighting all the way to the end, and, and maybe they were running second or third, and, or maybe they were first heading into the last home stretch for some of these kids, but maybe they had a little more wiggle room to play with than others, and, and they closed really strong with truly some of the best talent Oregon's ever signed in the history of the program. With what Oregon has already done today, do you see anything in any other uh, shifts, changes, flops, anything along those lines for Oregon or any of the other Pac-12 schools for the rest of the day? Yeah, I think Oregon's going to flip the number two running back in the West region from Notre Dame here in about 25 minutes. Uh, Jaden Lamar, a kid from Lake Stevens, Washington, one of the best running backs to come out of Washington in the last 20 years. Uh, I think they'll flip him from Notre Dame. Talented kid. They've already got Dante Dowdell, the number six running back in the country out of Mississippi. He is signed, sealed, delivered. That's a big one. Um, and, and he's a big bruising back. They need that speedster. That's what Jaden Lamar is. They're the perfect one-two punch. Oregon hosted him on a couple different visits. They had an in-home visit with him, and they sold him. You know, you don't need to be a 25 carry back in college football anymore. You don't have to be that guy. You just need to be highly productive in the touches you have to get a chance to play in the NFL. They've sold them on that. But, I mean, we got to go over this day, guys, and how it all mm-hmm. played out. I don't know if everybody understands exactly how this started. It started about 5 a.m. Austin no- uh, Novasad, the number nine quarterback in the country, flipped his commitment from Baylor. And I've actually known Austin for a while now because I covered him uh, when he was looking at possibly going to Ohio State or Notre Dame. He's been committed to Baylor for a long time. And teams, multiple teams, have made runs at him, again, including Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M. All three of those schools at different points during his recruitment made major pushes. They hosted him on campus. They really wanted him. And he said this, they weren't the right fit. And I kept talking to him, and it was like, I'm sticking with Baylor. And then he'd get Ohio State. And he'd go, what do you think, man? He's going to flip. It's Ohio State. And he goes, I'm going to stick with Baylor. And so when Oregon pushed late, I was like, well, we'll see. And he goes, no, Oregon's the perfect fit. It's where I want to be. And you look at Austin Novosad, and, and he is not the most electric athlete. He's not. But if you're looking at just pure pocket passer, he is about as good a pure thrower as any single player in this class. I think Arch Manning has him beat. Um, obviously, Nico and Malachi Nelson and those guys are much better athletes. But from a pure passer standpoint, if you're just looking at picking a defense apart in the pocket, uh, he is very, very talented. So that's how Oregon got things started. And then there were rumblings that Oregon might have a chance to flip Peyton Bowen, the number two safety in America, a, a five-star safety committed to Notre Dame. Everybody thought he'd choose Oklahoma. He chooses Oregon, five-star safety, the first one in program history. Peyton Bowen is a dominant, dominant force in Texas football and a big-time talent. That's as good a defensive back as Oregon has ever signed in the history of the program. And I think it was five minutes later, Mateo Uyunglele, and I've said all recruiting cycle, that will be the most difficult recruitment to predict anywhere. It's going to come down to the wire. It could get really wild. It could get really weird. And his top three were Ohio State, USC, and Oregon. (laughs) Everybody said if you had to put them in order, it'd be USC, Ohio State, Oregon. And right at the last minute, within the last 24 hours, Oregon emerges. And again, just to add a little weirdness, and this is actually true. I've confirmed this. He is in the hospital. So he did not announce his own commitment. His high school coach actually announced his own commitment, put a hat and an Oregon hat on his head, said, I'm committing to Oregon as if he's Mateo, holds up the Oregon O, and Oregon gets the number two edge rusher in America. They also got Dalen Austin, who's the number 10 corner in the country. He was committed to LSU. Dalen Austin was a kid who's been looking to flip for a long time. LSU was probably never going to be the fit. It was always about finding the second fit. And frankly, probably half of the top 20 
made runs at him at different points where you thought, well, maybe it'll be Michigan State. Well, maybe he's going to end up at USC. Yeah, maybe he's going to end up at, you know, all, all over the place. And he ends up on signing day choosing Oregon. Oregon picked up a commitment from three-star athlete Solomon Bell, who's going to play safety. And again, I think they're going to pick up a commitment from Jaden Lamar here, the number two running back in the West region. So that sums up Oregon's day. Um, it's been a wild one. Are we uh, there's still a name that that is out there that has not signed yet and it's been a guy that you know you kind of hear over and over again he, it's going to come down to the last minute Jurion Dickey out of uh, Menlo Atherton down in California the five-star wide receiver what is it looking like uh, for him and that letter of intent to come through Well I, I've been very cautious talking about Jurion Dickey throughout the process this is a young man who attempted to transfer to multiple different schools during the off season and, and had a hard time finding a home at the high school level. Um, some questions about eligibility. Um, he's, he's told people he was, you know, going to Miami on a family vacation. Reporters said, well, no, we've kind of confirmed that you're going on a visit to Miami. He got mad, denied it, took the visit to Miami. <laughs> um, when people <laughs> asked him about it, he said, don't worry about it. I didn't really like it, which obviously didn't make the Miami folks very happy. There's been a lot of weirdness and, I've said all along, until he, I don't even care if he signs. I really don't. Until he shows up on campus and starts participating in practice, I will not necessarily believe that it is signed, sealed, and delivered. There's just been too many red flags, rumblings that he has an NFT sale right now, or he did, of a few different schools, and whichever school bought the most NFTs of him in their uniform, he'd just commit to that school. Um, and this was within the last week. So Jurion Dickey is an incredibly talented receiver. He's an incredibly talented receiver, five-star, uh, as dominant a receiver as a senior as any player in the entire country. He was absolutely dominant. But there's a reason that some schools kind of shied away from pursuing him when it became clear that he wasn't super solid with Oregon. There's been rumblings that he wouldn't sign during the early signing period. I tried to ask him about it. He was evasive and, and would not give a comment. So uh, we'll see. And again, until he's actually in pads on a practice field, I would be hesitant about what's going to happen with Jerron Dickey. You, you know, that kind of opens up the next question, though, in, in like sustainability of this, because, I mean, you're looking at guys that the, the NIL landscape has changed. And we saw how many guys that came in number one class in the country last year from Texas A&M who were already in the portal this year. Um is there sustainability with this route? Oh, I, I mean, I, I think landing would, would counter with what route. I think there's a number of different ways to get guys on campus. And, and I don't think just because, you know, you get them late doesn't mean they're not interested. You know, mm -hmm. Mateo's been interested in Oregon for multiple years. Like I said, I have concerns, uh, Texas A&M potentially, um, when you're not even involved. Yeah. You know, you're not even involved, and then suddenly you're the school. And it's like, well, how do you have any cohesion within this class? They, none of them know each other. You're just kind of looking at the rankings, picking out the top guy. Peyton Bowen visited Oregon months ago, uh, you know, and has shown interest in Oregon for a long time. Mateo Uyunglele has visited since his brother started visiting Oregon. So he's got like a four-year relationship with the program. So I think sometimes people think that NIL, uh, you know, can potentially, and, and that's what we're talking about is the rumor that that could potentially be the case for this class for Oregon, which it seems pretty clear that they had, they, they probably had a boost here. I don't think we're breaking any news there. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of struggling with my words here. I guess the reality is once you're in the mix for those guys, um, you know, the coaching staff's job is not just to land five stars, but also know they're, they're guys that are going to fit in your culture. And so you hope that Dan Lanning and his staff are doing their due diligence and, so far, I don't see a ton of red flags with these guys. Mateo Ungalale won a national championship this year with St. John Bosco and was an integral piece. Peyton Bowen is, has been the heart of a defense that was one of the best defenses in Texas for multiple years and by all accounts is, is a team leader type player. Austin Novosad, uh, who Oregon got late, had opportunities to go to Ohio State, you know, had opportunities to go to Notre Dame at Texas A&M. It, you know, in the middle of speaking of Texas A&M uh, this summer and said, it wasn't the right fit. I wasn't ready. I liked Baylor. I genuinely just like Baylor better. That's the way I feel. And then he went and visited Oregon late and goes, you know what? Oregon's a better fit.
as I could have this, you know, and he had a relationship with coach Stein, the new offensive coordinator. So I think, you know, that has to do with culture within a program. I think there's more than one way to skin a cat and we'll find out, I guess. This is a whole new world and a whole new landscape in college football. It's been a massive day, obviously, for Oregon. Who comes out as the the other winners in the Pac-12 uh, today and kind of going forward? I, You know, I just am a firm believer that when you're in the lead spot or you're near the lead spot, as long as you sign who you're supposed to sign, you got to be pretty happy. Yep. And if I'm USC, I, you know, I know they – they don't have the biggest class, and that's, that's why they're not going to win the Pac-12 crown, even as good as Oregon's class is. If USC signed the same number of prospects that Oregon did, they would jump Oregon in terms of the rankings. But to get Malachi Nelson to sign, we just saw it with Oregon, right? It's one thing to have a guy committed, even if he's committed for months. You get late in the process, and it gets scary. You know, Zachariah uh, Branch was the number one receiver in the country at a Bishop Gorman. He signed. Makai Lemon, the five-star wide receiver who's teammates with Malachi Nelson, he signed. Uh, Tackett Curtis, who I think is one of the, the best linebackers in America. I love that kid out of Louisiana. They jokingly call him the mayor of his town because he's just that guy. I think he plays quarterback and middle linebacker for his team, and they won a state title. And he's just a tone setter, right? He's just like that kid. He signed, and I just love – I love so much about their class. I have so much respect for the way Lincoln Riley put that group together in the sense that it all makes sense to me. I think they should have done a little bit better job on the offensive line, and that's going to be a problem going forward unless they address it at the portal, and they probably will. But I think just kind of checking the boxes sometimes is a big win, and I think USC in that regard is a big winner. The other winner, I think, to some extent is Washington. Uh, Washington didn't have a commitment from a top eight player in their home state coming into today. And today they flipped Caleb Williams, the All-American corner from Oregon. Oregon did have a loss today. Now they, they addressed it with Dalen Austin, who's a higher-rated player. So that was a nice pivot by Oregon and their staff. But for Washington, you know, that's a staff, that's a program that has struggled to recruit the state of Washington the last few years. They've missed a lot, mm-hmm. and it's been a problem. And, and there's the politics involved there. It's been kind of heated. There's been some contention between some of the top programs in Seattle and the Washington Huskies football program. So to land the number one player in the state, a kid from Rainier Beach who's an all-American corner, number one player, flip him from Oregon, that's a big win for them today. Uh, the Beavs, this has been this has been huge for the Beavs, and we have talked about this earlier. In the world where you're looking at everybody, if you're not in that top ten uh, class, you're basically trying to hold on for dear life for your recruiting class to stay intact. I think one of the biggest things that Oregon State's class was signed, sealed, and delivered, all of them by 10 a.m., and Jonathan Smith and that crew holding on to their guys with zero hesitation as to where they're going to Oregon State. They do that every year, and that's part of the culture thing, man. Like It's really impressive. They They do a great job of identifying what suits them. They don't really have any fears heading into signing day. It's like, well... These are our 16, and it's like, not 25? No, not 25, 16. We'll go get nine in the portal, and we like these 16. <laughs> and it's like, okay, great. And they got some really good ones. Aiden Childs is the number 11 quarterback in the country. Uh, you know, he's a higher-rated prospect than one of Alabama's quarterback commits. He's a higher-rated prospect than Notre Dame's quarterback commit. I mean, you go through the list of schools that have a worse quarterback than Oregon State this cycle. And we're talking about some of the national powers in the country. I mean, Aiden Childs is legit. He's an All-American Bowl selection. Oregon and Washington both made runs at him late. And not only was he not interested, but he also had enough respect that even though I found out third hand that he'd been reached out to by those schools, he never would say that, yeah, they reached out and I told him no. He was too polite. He's just a good kid. And he said he went to Corvallis and fell in love with Corvallis. I love Aiden Childs. It it will be impossible, impossible for people not to root for that kid. He's a leader. He led his team to a state title. Uh, He's just, he's a winner. Everything he does in every way, you know, he's close with his family, good to his family. He's respectful. When I talk to him, he makes a point of calling me back every time. At one point I couldn't get a hold of him. And I mentioned um, in a comment, an Oregon state fan, like, Troll was trolling me and said, how come you didn't interview Aiden Childs? And I said, I tried to. 
And his mom immediately was like, wait, did you call him and he didn't call you back and got me on the phone with him like that? I mean, they're just a good fan. They're just a good family. It's just good people. And on top of that, they got Kelsey Howard. Kelsey Howard's a dominant defensive lineman. He's the highest rated high school defensive recruit Oregon State has ever signed. He's gone up significantly even since Oregon State signed, uh, got his commitment. He's a top 150 player. They also landed the number one junior college editor in the country late in Nico Taylor, who has kind of flown in under the radar for some reason, but he is the number one edge rusher in the country in the junior college level. He's a big-time talent. So they got from me an A grade along the defensive line, which is an area of need, and an A-plus at quarterback because they got an All-American guy who's an absolute program changer. Awesome. It's just a fascinating, fascinating group. I think every guy in that group is interesting. They also got Thomas Collins, a defensive tackle from Sweden. His coaches and his trainer – swear and they they're adamant they swear he's a top 10 defensive tackle in the country he's just from sweden so nobody saw him but everyone swears he's elite i've heard rumblings that that's an absolute steal there are people who think he should have been a borderline top 100 prospect so that's all defensive line help that's coming in a lot to like about oregon state's class all i want to know is that when he makes a tackle are they going to play the uh the Sesame Street, Swedish, 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 over the top. That's 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 what I want to hear. I want to get you out of here on, on this one, Nemec. Obviously, National Signing Day, everybody's is hyped about this. Oregon loads up on defense. USC loads up on offense. Washington kind of does what they need to do to build a little bit back. Oregon State loads everybody up. The next step is the transfer portal. Which way do, do you kind of see things going over between now and basically the end of January, uh, as Oregon probably looks to shift and, and load up on offense, uh, Oregon State patchwork here or there, USC on the defensive side, how do you see things kind of shifting out? Danny, this is totally so I can praise USC and the job they're going to do with defense, isn't it? It 100% we, we is. About this, right? It is 100% He's like, Tell me exactly how good what he USC wants. is going to do in the transfer portal. This is well, what he does. <laughs> USC already got a three-year starter at corner. I believe he was from Arizona like two days ago. They landed one of the best linebackers in the country that was in the portal out of Oklahoma State, a guy who a lot of people think is going to be a top three-round NFL draft pick. USC is going to load up on defense. They also got a 1,100-yard wide receiver from Arizona who's a big-time talent. So, yes, Danny, USC is going to do phenomenal. Um I think, you know, Oregon needs to find a couple of guys along the O-line. They probably need to add a safety or corner. I think they're a little bit thin there, although they have addressed that already a little bit this offseason, maybe a backer or two. I think things are going to get interesting in the portal. What I'm curious about is Oregon State and a possible quarterback addition. From what I'm hearing early, it doesn't sound like they are seriously in the running for Hudson Card and DJ Uyunglele. Could that change? I suppose it could. Uh, but but there hasn't been that excitement uh, yet about the possibility of that happening. So I, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, but, uh, yeah, things are going to get wild in the portal, and we're just going to have to uh, brace ourselves for, for impact. Andrew Nemec, hear him on the recruiting show with Andrew Nemec right here on The Fan, and also he's the director of national recruiting for SB Live. Thanks for the time, man. Always appreciate you, buddy. Hope you start feeling better. Yeah, feel better, man. Thank you. All right. There he is. Andrew Nemec. Uh, what an awesome dude. We got a break right now. We're going to have another interview at 1.30. So this is going to be Turn and Burn. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. No. All right, you guys had some questions uh, for Nemec. We will get to those. Uh, write me out because I text Andrew Nemec. After we got done um, with him, uh, because somebody asked about what about Hicks? What does Nemec think? David Hicks is a five-star uh, defensive lineman, 6'4", 270, number nine recruit in the entire country out of uh, beautiful Katy, Texas. That's an exaggeration. Uh, number one ranked defensive lineman in the country. Uh, Nemec said, he has been a commit to Texas A&M. He has not signed yet or sent in his papers yet. Um, is, this is what Emick said. Hicks is possible. Folks thought he'd stick at Texas A&M, uh, but Oregon is on a heater right now. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, also, text about Deuce Robinson. He is a... Um, freak tight end from Arizona. He he is. He's a, I mean, you want to talk about freak tight end. He's a tight end who is the 17th rated recruit in the country. He is an All-American in football and baseball. And, oh, by the way, he's an All-State basketball player. He's too. a top three round baseball prospect. He is, he is one of three pl- athletes ever to be an Under Armour All-American in football and baseball. The other two are Kyler Murray and A.J. Brown. Athletes, yeah, and and he's way bigger than both, both those of guys. them. What is he both six six? He's six six yeah. two twenty five. Uh, he's out of uh, Pinnacle High School in Phoenix, which is the powerhouse. He is not going to be signing now. He's going to be signing in February. Nemec says Deuce Robinson has been very quiet lately. USC was long thought to be the favorite. Twenty four seven Sports was talking today. I was watching their recruiting show, mm-hmm. their signing day show. Uh, and they said that he will be taking a late visit to Oregon last. Uh, well, I don't know if it's going to be the last weekend recruiting weekend. You but they have said that last his last we- his last visit Oregon is what they were saying on the twenty four seven signing day show. So uh, Oregon is going to be in the mix for him, but USC has been long thought to be the favorite there. Also Georgia. Texas, Alabama on his list uh, with USC being the leader. So uh, there's some still a couple big names that are out there. And uh, this is it's craziness, man. Signing day is nuts. But it's lifeblood of your program. It truly is lifeblood of your program. All right. Uh, we're going to get off the recruiting thing for a while. We, we could take a take a backseat. It took up a lot of time. If anything breaks, uh, we will let you know. And it's we'll a busy it day and it happens once a year. It's okay. Yeah, to do man. It, it, oh, yeah. it happens okay. twice now. now. Yeah, yeah, twice a year. Yeah. The February one we don't even talk about. Though. No, because most of it's yeah. now. Yeah, well, you got like a one segment on it mm. in February where it's like, okay, here we are. Hey, it was a special day for me in February. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, it, did they have the two signing days when Will Ortner was in high school? No, that's a new invention. Yeah. I think it would have been like, like a year or two after. Okay, I'm old. All right, <laughs> says the 26 year old. Four, 24, five? Five. 25-year-old. Hey, <clears throat> Keep shooting. 25-year-old. All right, let's get to some betting, shall we? Hmm? Mm. It's only a matter of time till odds are on these signing day hat hat dances that we got oh, going listen, on. Oh, you, listen, you, you don't have to look hard to find it. All right, let's get to our BetQL Network insider, Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM tonight. He's after Ortner with SportsCenter. This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. All right, we're still waiting on our uh, BetQL Network insider, Ryan Horvat. Hopefully, we will get him on the horn because uh, Will Ortner needs, a, he needs to get on a heater in the betting world. He needs it. his mojo changed. On his beds, but we're out to Ryan Horvat right now. But you you mentioned something uh, a little bit earlier, and I, I think now no time better than now to get to this <clears throat> as we try to connect with Horvat. 
the Carlos Correa situation with the San Francisco Giants, um, it, a, a flip of all flips here. This is on abso- National Signing Day, no less. This is absolutely insane. So, so former Astros and Twins shortstop Carlos Correa is now going to the New York Mets, and there is a story behind it. It has been over a week since the original deal was struck with the Giants. A 13-year, $350 million deal. What was the fourth richest deal in Major League Baseball history. He had an opt-out clause with the Minnesota Twins. He goes to the Twins, plays his butt off, and he he, he opts out and says, I'm going to go cash in. Mm -hmm. The Giants say, sure. And what's interesting about this, number one, he's a Scott Boris client, which adds to the insanity of all this. For those that don't know, Scott Boris is the mega agent in baseball who seemingly has weird stuff happen with his clients all the time. Facts. But, so they signed this deal over a week ago, mm-hmm. and the one thing about all language contracts in Major League Baseball, pending physical. Yep. That's how every single contract in baseball exists, and the last line on top of that is, can only be made null and void by the team. Uh, yes, unless it's the Blazers signing Festus Azili. Which, again, baseball, basketball, different sport. <laughs> so this this is the structure for the CBA that in guy, baseball. Can we just can I just mention again, Festus Azili got paid to be a Blazer. Shout out to him. So did Pau Gasol. That is awesome. Pau Gasol showed up at the practice facility. Yeah. That's, that's Anderson Verjao, too. He never even showed up. <laughs> or Andrew Nicholson. Cash checks in China. So pending physical. That's the the key key phrase, the key word here. They get done. They go to present him in the press conference yesterday. Carlos Correa is dressed to impress. The Giants call off the press conference, and they call Scott Boris, and they say, there's something in his physical we don't like. Scott Boris says, you got till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Bum, bum, bum. They say, fine. They get to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. They still don't like what they see. And there's this weird spot that they just say, Whatever. So Steve Cohen comes over the top and says, okay, we'll take him. 12 years, $315 million, uh, and now he's a New York Met, and the Mets have spent $800 million. This year alone. Alone. That's crazy. The Steve Cohen tax, he's going to pay over, over $55 million in tax this year before the season starts. <laughs> Insane. His tax bill hey, is going to win. This tax bill is going to be higher than seven teams' payroll. Yikes. And that's a problem with baseball. We got him now, though. He is the host of BetMGM tonight. He is our BetQL Network insider. Hear him wherever you download your uh, podcasts from. You can get BetMGM tonight. It's Ryan Horvath. Horvath's with us. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, guys. I'm sorry for my tardiness. I'm actually uh, heading back home for the holidays. Oh. Uh, back to Chicago. I was supposed to leave. So I was supposed to leave on Friday originally and fly out. It sounded great. A nice, just simple two-hour flight. And then my mother called me frantically while I was recording our podcast and uh, told me that we're about to get hit with ten to twenty inches of snow or something like that, yeah. which is usually a huge exaggeration, <laughs> as you guys probably know. No. So now, and and I can't get a flight. So I'm now driving uh, 11 and a half hours back to Chicago. So not looking forward to this. <laughs> oh, my. And you got you got kids? I only have – I have one child. He's uh, he's nine years old. But the good thing is, so right now, he, he has no clue that I'm even on the phone with you guys. My wife's just sitting here. She, like, has her headphones on. She listens to these books. So that takes up her time. And then Perfect. my kid sits in the back – and the entire time, he just pops on. My wife, she works for Apple. Uh, so we have, like, every single Apple product that you could think of. We have the stupid pen, which I don't even – I still have no clue what it does. But so my kid's sitting in the back right now with his beats on, watching episodes of The Simpsons on his iPad. So it works out pretty good. See, this is this is traveling in 2022. It's no longer the family truckster. This is no longer Clark Doug and Griswold in the you're, station. You're not going to Wally World anymore. All right, let's get to let's get to the big things then. Uh, betting. Uh, let's get on the gambling side. This is this is such the most wonderful time of the year. We got bowl season here. You got NFL in the postseason uh, ramping up. And this is a question that I have with you. These lines in the NFL, man, they are getting tricky. Some of them seem very stinky at times mm-hmm. and a lot of them in, involve the uh, Minnesota Vikings. I know that you are on <laughs> the side of the Indianapolis Colts uh, this past weekend but how do you kind of digest and, and pick these lines between you know teams that have something to play for and teams that have nothing to play for because 
it seems like Indy should be a team that has nothing to play for, but then you say, well, Jeff Saturday's coaching them. They're going to try to maximize whatever they can, and they're not just going to roll over in, in these games. No, that's a great question because this is the time of the year where it really does get tricky. Like, look at a team like the Texans. There should be absolutely no motivation for them. They're a one-win football team. Yet the last couple of weeks, not only have they covered the spread, but, I mean, they could have beat Kansas City. They've actually been in these games. And it's weird because they're running, like, this crazy two-quarterback system where they have Jeff Driscoll in the year 2022 running the option <laughs> and Davis Mills as their drop-back quarterback. And yet, there they were last week. I thought they had a shot to beat the Chiefs. And I actually kind of like the Chiefs. as double-digit favorites in that game, and I never liked them to cover. So it's really weird right now. Like, t- Take a look at the Dallas-Philadelphia spread where that was pretty much going to be a pick Dallas would be maybe a one-point favorite. Now we're all the way up to five, five and a half. I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to play in this game. I don't care what they say. I think they'd be crazy to play him in this game. They've already clinched the division. So it is a kind of just wild time. And then the Colts, the reason I like the Colts against the Vikings, that actually had nothing to do with the Colts. I mean, the Colts, they're terrible offensively. You know, they've kind of figured out that they should give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, in that game, though, he goes down in the first half. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I like them is their defense. Even though they've been a terrible football team this year, they've been top 15, top 10 DVOA, you know, both against the run. Their secondary has been all right. But it's more just right now, for me, a fate of Minnesota. I know they won the NFC North, and as a Packer fan, I could tell you that because the NFC North is a huge dumpster fire, unfortunately for me, the Packers are getting hot now, but the season's probably over unless they could win out. So I just continue to fade the Vikings. I mean, I know that they're a double-digit win team. I think they're going to be one and done in the playoffs. This isn't even just me being a hater because Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind right now. I give him a lot of credit. I give Kevin O'Connell, what he's done with the offense, a lot of credit. I love Justin Jefferson. My problem with the Vikings is their defense. Five weeks in a row now. They've given up over 400 yards, you guys. I actually like the Giants. I look at that spread at three and a half. I think the Giants are going to win that football game. I can't tell you how, but I also can't tell you how the Giants are an eight-win team right now. Brian Dable is just that good of a coach, and Mike Kafka has been a great play caller. So, um, for me, just fade in Minnesota. I also really like Green Bay this week. I think they might win that game. The Dolphins are treading the wrong way right now, which stinks for me because I need them to win one more game to go over their eight-and-a-half win total. But Green Bay's kind of figured things out offensively. They just finally have gotten healthy. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs being on the field at the same time. And the way that they've been using A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, that's been huge. And the defense has been a huge letdown because they've been on the field the majority of the season. So I actually really like them against Miami. And if you look at that one on paper, you'd think Miami would just roll, you know, roll them. But it's just a weird time of the year. The story, other than the Vikings being frauds, uh, of the week is the weather. And there's going to be multiple freezing cold temperatures and snowstorms and weather. just pure insanity. And I know that alters lines, but how on earth are the Bengals only favored by three and the Raiders dogs against the Steelers? I know the weather. I get it. But my goodness, those are two bad teams. I know, and I actually love the Steelers. I don't know what to do with that Bengals game because right now, so, well, at four, I love the Pats, to be honest with you, because the Pats need to win or their season is over. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's a situation where they, they match up all right defensively, which nobody really does against the Bengals. Joe Burrow's been great. More, more importantly, like, the Bengals are the team to beat right now in the AFC. Like, we look at mm-hmm. that offense, and T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and all those guys. They're winning these games because of their defense and their defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo. Like, he's the best second-half adjustment maker in maybe in NFL history. I'm half-joking with that. Like, look what he's done against Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has scored six points in the second half the last two times they've faced each other, including that playoff game. Um, so I'm kind of with you at three. I think the Bengals probably win that game, but I think we're going to see a lot of motivation from the Patriots because if they lose that game, their season's over. And then with the Steelers, I just I feel like they're the right side. I, I just look at them with the point spread every single week, and – I feel like we always get a lot of value with them because Mike Tomlin's a great coach. This is probably going to be the first year. Well, it is going to be the first year where they don't have a winning season and he doesn't make the playoffs in, what, 15, 16 years? When T.J. Watt's on the field, that's a top-10 defense. When he's off the field, they fall to, like, 28th, which is, shows his value. It just There's really no drop-off at the quarterback position. I think Pickett's the best of the three, but I just don't think that that's saying much. I think Trubisky is what he is. Uh, he looks all right unless he's turning the football over. And then we haven't seen Mason Rudolph. I'm not a big Mason Rudolph fan, but I don't even know if that's a huge drop-off from Trubisky. So I actually kind of like the Steelers. And, and again, it goes to this time of the year is just so tricky. You don't know the, the motivation for some of these teams. 
I look at the travel. I look at sleepy spots and uh, certain things like that. But a lot of these lines, like you said, they don't make a whole lot of sense. And that's why it's so tough to bet the NFL. That's why I love win totals and futures because every week it's really hard to beat the market. I never thought that I'd be saying this, uh, but the Jets and Jaguars is a game I want to watch. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, the, the, explain Jets one and a half, though, because I guess here's my question. We talk so much about the Miami Dolphins and, oh, yeah, good luck when they have to play in the cold because we know they have to go to Buffalo and New York and New England. But we never talk about how the Jags are going to have to play in the cold weather eventually. How much does cold weather affect a line one way or the other, especially when you got a road team? Oh, yeah, well, especially with these totals, it really affects it. Like, that's why we're seeing some 40, 39 and a half, 39s, even with these two teams and Trevor Lawrence right now. Uh, being graded the number one quarterback in the league the last five five weeks, man, like 14 touchdown passes yeah. to just one pick. He's been playing great. I think it affects the total a little bit more, especially if we're going to get wins. I don't really care about the cold weather, you know, the snow. Yeah, it's going to be slippery out there. But what really I look at, and I play unders when I see high wins, especially, you know, you're looking at some totals like in Buffalo where we still get higher totals because it's Josh Allen and it's that Bills offense. But it's really hard to throw into the wind, obviously. And when it's cold out, man, it's hard to catch a football. It's like catching a brick out there. So it affects the totals. I do think it affects the spreads when we see things like this. A couple of weeks ago, we saw Miami. It was 55 degrees, and they had heaters on the field. Teams like Jacksonville, obviously, you know, coming from Jacksonville, uh, they're used to the warm weather. But still, I'm kind of with you. I like the Jags here, and I feel like I'm probably going to be on the wrong side, but I'm rooting for them. I like Doug Peterson. I like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you never really know what you're going to get from their defense. They had some takeaways against the Cowboys. They also – got really lucky against the Cowboys. I had them in that game. I thought it was going to hell in the first half. They were down 17 points. But I think they're. I think right now the reason that the Jets are getting so much love is their defense. But, man, if Quinton Williams isn't on the field, I don't really care a whole lot. Um, probably just the way that they're going to match up against Jacksonville. They'll be able to play a whole lot of man, jam those talented receivers at the line of scrimmage. I just I can't do it with Zach Wilson. I did it last week with Zach Wilson, and I know he threw. If you look at the box score, I know it says he threw for 300 yards, but I'm telling you guys, I don't think he could start in the XFL. He's terrible. Oof. <laughs> who who is on, who is the on the outside looking in wild card? If you had to, if you had to throw a little little spice down on that outside looking in, is going to make the playoffs either division. Yeah, I so I mean I you're gonna call me a homer, but I just think the value's there for Green Bay if you could find like right now I bet it today plus eight hundred plus eight hundred oh, just wow. for them to make the playoffs. You're getting crazy prices on them to represent the NFC. The crazy thing is we've seen this before. Like a couple of years ago, remember when the Giants had to win their last four to get in, and then they end up winning the Super Bowl. It's like teams just get hot at the right time. Cincinnati last year, mm-hmm. uh, another example. Miami didn't make the playoffs, but they started the year like one and five and finished five hundred. I just think if Green Bay did get in, they'd have some favorable matchups. I know Brock Purdy looks good right now, but I'd probably bet Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game against Purdy. And then, I don't know, man, Philadelphia, we'll see if Jalen's healthy. I don't trust the Cowboys. Green Bay already beat them. If you look at the schedule, I think they're live against Miami. Then they get Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't really have a whole lot to play for, especially if they win this week. They already wrapped up the division. It's going to be a cold-weather game at Lambeau, a revenge game for Green Bay. So then it comes down to I'd probably make a bet on two teams. I would take the Lions, which unfortunately we've missed the price. I think it's like plus 110 only for them to make the playoffs right now. But there's a chance if Green Bay wins out, Detroit wins, that game week 18 is for the playoffs. So I would look at maybe playing Green Bay 8-1 to and then hedging with the Lions, you know, plus 110. Because I, I, would, I would think I would bet Green Bay in that game because you got to look mm-hmm. at it like this. It's at Lambeau Field and it's going to be Jared Goff playing in the cold. And Green Bay's pass rush has actually been pretty excellent here the last couple weeks. And again, you're getting Aaron Rodgers probably is an underdog at home. So uh, I like Green Bay 8-1. to In the AFC, I have no idea, man. Maybe take a <laughs> sprinkle with my maybe, maybe Miami. It's just so tough. Like, you have the Chargers there. I, I like the Chargers still just because it seems like Justin Herbert's getting hot at the right time. They need that defense to get healthy. I know J.C. Jackson was a huge bust, and he got himself in some legal trouble. But Justin Herbert finally has some weapons. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. The problem is, do you trust those guys to stay healthy? So probably for me, the Chargers and the Dolphins to sneak in there. Love it. Ryan Horvath, he, catch him on BetMGM tonight, and he's our Odyssey Sports Betting Insider. Insider Calls brought to you by BetMGM. Go check out the latest lines on the BetMGM app. Drive safe, Horvath, and uh, have a have a great holidays. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Take care, buddy. There he is.
You can, catch, you can catch him on the road from Vegas to Chicago. My goodness, man. He, he no, no, no. He's going D.C. Oh, that's right. D.C. Chicago. Chicago. He DC literally Chicago. answered that call and said, hey, bud, I'm on vacation. And I was like, well, you're already on the phone. Do you want to talk to the boys? <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. I didn't know that he was on that. I, well, so this, this is what is happens. Jeff when... Rust, this is Jeff Rust. Yeah. We're going to blame Rust, not Russ, you. Russ sent me the his phone number. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe, hey, you know what? I'm not going to blame Rust. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm blaming I, the I'm, weather. I'm, I'm blaming Will. There you go. I'm blaming the weather. I like to blame Will. Okay, well, we'll then, you, but then we'll I should get the credit for getting him off his vacation and credit, bringing him back on. Credit to you, Will. You, 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 you gave him, you, you went full jelly of the month. Well done. Mm. Yes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> God. <sighs> okay. We're failing. We're, 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 we're failing as ambassadors. It's okay. We'll get, we'll fix, we'll rectify this. Okay. okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll rectify this. If Will knows what that word is, uh, then. It means fix, basically. <laughs> Can I get an origin? <laughs> Can I get a definition of the word? All right. Worst day on the web. This is a brutal one, folks. This is a brutal one. Um, Wally's World. Hey, second Wally World reference yeah, of the day right here. Tied right Synergy. in. Synergy. Danny Dusty. It's time for today's worst day on the web with Danny and Dusty on Odyssey and 1080 The All right, it is time for the worst day on the web, and today it is Wally's World. One of my favorite college basketball players out of the University of Miami, Ohio, Wally Zerbiak. He caught all of us in the March Madness wake. What was that, like 90? It was probably like Will's birthday. Yeah, I'd say 98. 97, 98, 99-ish. Never really heard of him. Never heard of Wally Zerbiak. Man can shoot, handsome man, he can dress. He had a square jaw and a dynamite jumper. I mean, you could cut glass with his jaw. Mm, You sure could. But Wally Zerbiak, now an analyst. Also kind of an a-hole. Yeah, he's he's catching (laughs) I, I I can't remember a former player acting more ridiculous about something more benign than Wally Zerbiak was about Tyrese Halliburton. A one-point game, an awful possession by the Pacers. And I don't know what Grimes is thinking here. You don't stop in the coffin corner unless you're planning to call a timeout. Mm-hmm. I was screaming at the TV, call a timeout, call a timeout, call a timeout. So we got one-point game, 18 seconds left. Step back. Mr. Supposed wannabe fake all-star with the big miss there. And then the rebound by Randall. And then Randall iced the game with all the free throws. Last chance down three for the wannabe all-star. Let me keep it that way. He's in his second year. He's a very good player. He's not going to make the all-star team. A guy like Julius Randall or Jalen Brunson will make it over Tyrese Halliburton. Third Tonight we saw why. Yeah. Oh, it's his third year? Third year, yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. right. But, but um, just an awesome performance. I mean, overall, the defense was was stifling. The team, I mean, the Pacers played well. They made some tough shots mm-hmm. in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they fire up those threes, but they got some shooters, and that was just a great performance in the fourth. Jeez. That Mr. Was a, wannabe Fake All-Star. That was courtesy MSG, where he does a post for Knicks. For the Knicks, yeah. Wow. Now, it kind of makes sense that that is on a Knicks broadcast, okay, that you're I mean, not. They do know about wannabe fake all stars. Yeah, you sure do. But you're not going down, you know, the path of being completely unbiased. And obviously, that sure. was very biased. And the Knicks are on a heater, so they're kind of feeling themselves. Which you never should as a, as a Knicks guy. That is so weird for him to be that critical of Tyrese Halliburton. For what? Especially a, a young guy like Tyrese Halliburton who's having an. An all-star caliber season for the Indiana bleeping Pacers. Like, he's not Reggie Miller. He uh, didn't kill your franchise. He's at like 20 and 11. Is that I think he's 20 points 11. Yeah, he's 20 and 11. 11 he's leading the league in assists. <laughs> he's a phenomenal player. Uh, 20, 20 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists a game. He's shooting 47, 39, 88. Averaging 20 and 11. You're damn right he's an all-star. Why doesn't he like him? I have no idea. He's single-handedly better than any single player on the Knicks right now. Is it because, like, maybe... maybe like Jealousy? Well, no, uh, yes. There's this fear that Tyrese Halliburton is going to take, like, Jalen Brunson's role on the all-star team, and he's going to take that spot. I, I guess. But he, it ain't going to be the fan vote. It's going to be a coach's vote yeah. anyways, and nobody's listening to Wally Zerby. You know, somebody's like, you know what? Yeah, Wally's right. 
we should make uh, Jalen Brunson our coach's pick instead of Tyrese Halliburton on the All-Star game. Yeah, instead of the guy who's getting you 20-11 and 11 on near 50-40-90 shooting with an over 3-1 to one assist to turnover ratio, leading a young Indiana Pacer team to a relatively solid record. They're 14-15 and 15 with him. Well, and this is, the, this is my question. Like, Wally Zerbiak, I mean, Duke could shoot the lights out in college. He was a, he was a, he was a good shooter in the NBA, even. He was, he was a good shooter. He's like a, a, I don't know what his career numbers were, but he was like upper 30s, right, uh, from three. 40% career three-point shooter. That's pretty good. No, he, he was like, Wally was basically a 50-40-90 kind of guy through his career. But Wally, like how you would you how respect would Wally, that? How would Wally Zerbiak respond to somebody in <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton? <laughs> By the way, if it touched Wally's hands, it never came back. Uh, Mr. One-time All-Star, Wally he was Zerbiak. 2.4 assists per game, four rebounds. Uh, his best year, he was a 24 and or I'll round up, 25 and 3 guy. Wally Wally Zerbiak, his best year in 2005 in Minnesota. He was a 25 and 3 guy. Tyrese Halliburton is crushing that. He has a he's averaging While as being many the leading points, usage guy. Yeah, he has as many uh, uh, points, but has four times the amount of assists as he had in in his best year ever. I wonder what Wally would have felt like had he heard somebody's criticism of him during his best year of his career. I, I just that's crazy. I just have no idea what like you can be critical of a player hmm. without acting and saying the things that he did. Yeah, Mister Wannabe Fake All Star. Like that's what you say about like a washed player who's you know nobody in the league likes. That's not what you say about a you know a third year player. Pat Beverly trying to speak his way into yes, all-star games. Yes, that kind of thing. Russell you don't Westbrook. Yes, Westbrook. Like you don't talk like yep. Tyrese Halliburton probably has one of the highest like, universal approval ratings in the league. Everybody likes Hallie. Like no, I, did, did, did Hallie steal Wally's girl? Like I don't I don't know what's going on here. Is this a Malik Beasley situation? I don't know what the Malik Beasley situation is. Well, he was married, and then he was also dating Larsa Pippen at the same time. Well, that's well, Scotty Pippen's former wife. It may just be like an open relationship type. Hey, thing, you know you what? Know? Sister wives. Yeah. Why don't we, I'm not. I'm not judging. Yeah, yeah. Did he get traded to the Jazz? Sure. Five zero three two five. Went there. Vo ten eighty. That is fantastic. Hour number three. Uh, let's get back to that Carlos Correa story that we that we started getting into before Horvat joined us. Uh, it's wild, and there's a lot left on on the table here with Carlos Correa going to the New York Mets and uh, spurning the New- San Francisco Giants. Danny Dusty on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.